0: It really is a small world when it comes to that echelon of networking that people think of. And I think that not to say that those are impressive to me, they're just interesting. And it is again, it's strange how the time when I met both of those individuals in the last seven years, I was a girl living in Vancouver, a Canadian that didn't even have a visa yet, like going to events, knocking down doors. Knocking on and then knocking down doors to meet people and to get into the rooms that no one, and not even myself or my parents or anyone, would have ever imagined me to be in.
1: What's good everybody and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 70 of Highly Invested where we invest in ourselves, talk about personal growth, and we ask entrepreneurs and high performers about the best investments they've made in themselves that help get them to where they are today. And as this episode drops on December 24th, I just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and I wish everyone the best to round off this year and into 2021. Today on the show we've got the finance savvy entrepreneur and founder of Blackhawk Financial. Leanna last came on the show in March when the coronavirus started spreading in North America when few realized how long this would really last. And as a business owner and people person, Leanna's business was greatly affected as many others were. So we chat about some of the biggest lessons she learned this year, ETFs, and why giving back this holiday season is more important than ever in whichever way you can. So everybody, please welcome Leanna Hawkins back on the show. How are you doing today, Leanna?
0: I am pretty darn good. It's Friday and I'm happy about that. How are you, Jordan?
1: Yes, good, Leanna. Me too. Is the sun shining in New York City?
0: No, it's overcast today, but you know what? I'm having one of those days where I'm happy to just be cozy indoors. We had a crazy snowstorm um, on the East Coast. I don't know if it hit you guys up there or not, but here in New York, we yesterday woke up with 10 or 12 inches of snow and Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Jersey, all the states all around here. Had a huge storm like 20 20 inches overnight. So it's been pretty wild out on the roads and stuff the last 24 hours. So I'm happy to just cozy up inside with the Christmas tree and my dog for now. That's that
1: sounds amazing. (laughs) Well, we haven't had any snow, so that's why at least the sunshine gets me in a good mood. But yeah, was this unexpected or like was there kind of talk about a big storm coming? And then
0: they saw it coming. Actually, even my my parents are in Vancouver. So for everyone listening, I'm a Canadian now living in New York. But my book, Young, Fun, Financially Free, is in both. So like, it says U.S. Yeah. and Canada for the different terminology. But, um, yeah, I'm Canadian now living in the U.S. And even, yeah, my parents from Vancouver actually called a few days ago and said, oh, do you know about this storm coming? Because I was supposed to be up in Connecticut this week. I often take my dog up to my favorite beach in right. uh, Madison, and we go for long walks. And, you know, same as everybody else, just working from home at an Airbnb there. But I canceled it all on Tuesday night because, it, yeah, it was forecasted to be really bad. So there's unfortunately been, like, car accidents and deaths and stuff from it. And, you know, it's terrible. But at the same time, you know, it's the, the first snow of the year for us, too, here in New York. And I live right by Central Park and took the dog out there yesterday. And it was a, a beautiful, sunny blue sky and snow everywhere day. So we enjoyed it a bit. Good. But you know, not always the best for for lots of different reasons.
1: But. No, yeah, you you just hope you get your boots ready for that. But like you know, despite everything, winter still comes when it decides to come, right? So.
0: Oh yeah, when I moved here from Vancouver last summer, I bought all the puffy coats and the the winter boots and all that kind of stuff.
1: Good, and then so you said I think twenty inches. What is that converted into
0: centimeters? I am. I think that's like forty centimeters. I think, and so there's two point two centimeters in every inch or something like it's huge It's like a foot of snow
1: i almost imagine it'd be not double but almost something like that but or maybe even double but wow yeah
0: it's like higher than your snow boots that's for sure
1: i've seen stories on social people opening their door and it's at the top and i'm just like ah you know what despite being canadian i've never opened up my door being covered in snow so you know
0: (laughs) yeah well that's what high-rise apartments are good for in new york so (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: good, good views. And it, it's wild to think that we had you on the podcast in March, uh, you know, as, as sort of COVID was unraveling. And was I kind
0: know, of and I'm glad fact. we're having this conversation now because it really is strange to have sort of a full circle conversation on this year as a whole. And maybe, you know, we can get into some lessons learned and stuff yes. like that as well, because it has been quite the year for for everyone.
1: Yes. Yes. Especially, especially business owners that specialize in business development or meeting people in person. So, yeah. So if you can tell us more, that's, that's really why I wanted to get you on here to to share your experience. So how did your life change from February, 2020 to April, 2020?
0: So, I mean, as I mentioned, I, I spent two years, um, I don't know, if actually, this is a good question. Is most of your audience Canadian or U S do you think?
1: Um, sixty-two percent is American, oh, and okay. then the rest is Canadian, and then around the world. So.
0: Okay. Well, this will be a an interesting story from both sides of, I guess, the immigration coin, if you want to call it that. Then, so yeah. it just, I love stories. Yeah. So it took, I would say, about two years to get my immigration as an entrepreneur. Um, so not an employer sponsored visa. Um, to come here to live in the US. So I started my business Blackhawk Financial, which does marketing services for um, small businesses, mostly in in finance and alternatives like funds, um, fintech. And so I applied to get a, a business visa for that. And it probably took, yeah, about two years to be able to actually move here to the U.S. So a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of money out of my own pocket with lawyers and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, it was the the dream, you know, I always said, I think before I'm 35, I have two years of New York in me because I've lived in London, Toronto, L.A., Vancouver, France. I've lived in lots of places in my 20s so far yeah. working. And, and yes, yeah, so I've had a lot of experiences, but I always said, um, I think I have two years at least of New York in me at some point just to say I did it. And anyway, moved here last summer. And as everybody knows, whether it's a, an employer job relationship or entrepreneur um, experience, it took me probably the first six to eight months to really grind it out here, let my network know that I now live here full time, we're open to new clients,
1: right.
0: um, and really just building that business. And it was in February, from sort of end of January to end of February, our company sent out five new business proposals. And, you know, finally, that first six, eight months grind of living in New York was coming to fruition. Right. And then in March, it all came to a halt. And, you know, right after these proposals went out. So, I mean, a lot of my business and the business in the finance world and lots of industries In terms of the business development, the sales, the marketing side is very in-person based. So, you know, especially in high finance, it's very handshakes, whining and dining and, you know, not not to the extent of the Wall Street movie or Wolf of Wall Street, (laughs) not at all like that anymore. It's not the 80s, but, you know, most of my business is based on a lot of those in-person relationships and conferences and events and things of that nature. So it was a huge challenge for my business personally, and it has continued to be a challenge throughout the year because we just don't know when those things are coming back. So I've um, opened myself up to the idea of having a full-time job again after seven years. And I know that was going to be, I think, one of your questions for me today. But, you know, it's just, it has been a challenge for me mentally after having been through many personal and business struggles. And, you know, obviously, like I mentioned, the immigration and the legal struggles to get here and to be allowed to be in this country in the first place and all of its economic opportunity yeah. in New York and the rest of the country of the United States. And, um, I paid for it. I worked for it. And, you know, it's, it was, it's been a tough pill to swallow that all this has happened, you know, shortly after finally making the move here. Yeah, And, um, and yeah, so it's, just, it's been a struggle, but, uh, I'm very 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 grateful every single day for the opportunity to be here I don't take immigration lightly i'm I'm very lucky um, to I see be as a, a very chosen person to receive a visa in the United States it's an extreme challenge in the last four years for people to to be able to move to this country right and, and does um,
1: this does this um, count as one of your years or do you have to start fresh hopefully in the, maybe 2021?
0: Well, no, my visa is renewable. So hopefully I can still keep renewing it. I'm good here for a little while longer, but, um, but no, it took two years initially from Vancouver um, with lawyers here in New York and applying through the government and them requesting more information. And it really is such a, a huge process. So I know all different types of visas are different and we won't go down that road in this conversation, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, and, and that's just, that's just one example of a story. I mean, I don't know if you've seen on my instagram stories in the past week or so i've been sharing a lot of families and people that are in need that you know they're not in my position and this is where i i come from an attitude of gratitude always um that's not to say i don't have hard days and i don't get down on myself and and down on my luck and you know how is this my life i literally was just texting a good girlfriend here in new york an hour ago saying you know some bad news i got last night and how is this my life and you know i i have been reposting stories of families that you know they have to tell their kids this year that you know santa couldn't make it because of covid or you know all of these different things where people don't have shelter people don't have homes people don't have christmas or hanukkah gifts or anything for their kids they don't have food yeah. to put on the table much less five proposals going out being put on pause at blackhawk financial so I am very 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 grateful to be in this country to yeah. be a Canadian as well and to have the opportunities that I do not to say that it's been an extreme challenge and you know a lot of disappointments.
1: Yeah, well it's been a wake up call for many and just I mean especially for business owners especially like that that's what makes it so difficult because you're taking on the risk to to be your own boss in the first place and then when that falls through you know it's a time time thing location Um, You know, you're not necessarily married or have family, so that would also bring in extra factors. It's just life gets complicated the older you get, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm glad I asked for that context, Leanna, because it's just so easy to assume or judge what you see on the surface instead of asking. And despite how difficult this year has been, it's going to build your character. And I know you're not going to give up. So that way you can make 2021 and 2022 even better. Now, do you mind just walking us through providing some context? So like what would have been a day in the life running Blackhawk Financial when you were able to greet someone, let's say, in close proximity without an anxiety attack?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is from a personal perspective, I am so passionate about the industry. And my work and you know even back when i was living in vancouver i was pretty much maxing out the six months a year that you're allowed to be in the u.s for travel and for you know meeting with clients like quote collecting client information um as my lawyer would say and you know obviously executing the services in canada
1: research yeah
0: quality control (laughs) so yeah that's the that's the immigration uh legal terminology for it um so yeah doing a lot of travel And that's, you know, that's my business. That's my job. And um, meeting with people, introducing clients to potential investors, introducing um, investors to different funds and investment opportunities for their um, pension or for whatever it might be, whatever their um, remit is. And so just a lot of interpersonal connection, a lot of hosting parties and dinners networking um, consulting and really that's all in-person stuff and because you know I didn't ever operate my last full-time job was in London seven years ago when I moved back to Vancouver from that and eventually started my my company most of my clients were in the U.S. so I never actually and then I had you know employees in Vancouver but I never actually opened an office from them because a lot of my people were doing things like design work, uh, web design, social media, marketing, marketing plans and things of that nature. They have, you know, a lot of those kind of freelance type jobs have been work from home for a while. So we never had an office space. And then when I moved to New York, Um, I considered getting an office space, but because I spent so much time having coffees and lunches and dinners and being at a a workshop or an investment conference that, you know, it didn't really make sense to get an office here yet either, which I'm so glad that I made the decision not to. Otherwise, I would have been wrapped up in a five-year commercial lease in an office space right now, which thank goodness I'm not. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, so I mean, my day was really a lot of bopping around. Coffees, lunches, networking with people, especially because um, my first eight months here before COVID was, you know, really feet on the ground, letting people know I live in New York full time now, I might be a better option for you now that I'm here and not in another country, and really just trying to build up the, those networks and and potential clients and business for Blackhawk Financial. So a lot of out and about and because I don't um, have my own office and colleagues that I get to see every day, that was really, really my social network is people in the industry. And luckily, you know, before the weather got cold here in New York and things have shut back down again, we actually started having industry happy hours with a lot of the people typically in the business development and marketing roles that used to do all the conferences and all the travel together. You'd always see the same crew for years and years. We all know each other. We started to do happy hours again, probably from about, you know, outdoors from about September to November. And that was so great, just getting to see those people again because I really... Had such a lack of a social life. I mean, when I say I'm passionate about finance and the people that work in it and learning from others and, you know, getting to meet people like, you know, Ray Dalio or people that are way smarter than me or that I say. Well, the relationships you build, too, right? Just the relationships. I thrive off that environment and I love it. And that's why I'm in this business. And so, you know, I'm truly, truly passionate about the business and I'm truly passionate about how financial education and knowledge and the money that I make from finance that other people make in finance using those actual dollars toward doing good and helping other people because there is such an income disparity um, and inequality in the U S and in Canada that I, you know, for all of those reasons, I just really miss that passionate part of my life and being out there and meeting with people. And, uh, and yeah, that's really, that's my social life too. So I got a little bit of it back in the fall once things opened up a bit for outdoor um, get togethers with small groups, but it's pretty quiet again now. So yeah, it's, you know, yeah. it's been a, a social adjustment and absolutely a business adjustment and reassessment.
1: Right. Well, no, I, I like that you touched on all the positives about the finance space because with FinTech, you know, it's bringing a lot of great things, making it easier for people to invest. And it's so easy for anyone to just point at, you know, someone who has a big chunk of money that isn't being deployed somewhere when there is still a lot of, you know, people handing out money or, you know, putting it in the right places, trying to do good with with the resources they have too. So I um, think it's good for you to mention and highlight that that's still going on. Mm-hmm. At least trying to figure out better ways to give the money back. And I mean, well, th- that's why we're going to talk about giving back a bit later. So, and just because you mentioned his name, like, did you actually meet Redalia or is that just an example? Because that's certainly a career highlight
0: already. Well, I actually... I have not met Ray Dalio. He's like the one person I haven't met. Well, I've, I've been with him in person, but interestingly, I've actually met the president elect, I guess, um, the media is calling him now president elect Joe Biden and Donald Trump, which is weird. A little Canadian girl. So through, through financial opportunities and, and media opportunities, I was a finalist to be on the apprentice many years ago. And that's why I went to Trump tower and met Donald Trump and the family and have kept in touch with, um, you know some of the executive team there, but not the family directly. And Joe Biden um, is, has long time connections in the financial world, and he's spoken out and been at conferences that I've also been yeah, an attendee and a media person at and stuff. So it really is a small world when it comes to that that echelon of networking that people think of. And I think that not to say that those are impressive. To me, they're just interesting. And it's again, it's strange how the time when I met both of those individuals in the last seven years, I was a girl living in Vancouver, a Canadian that didn't even have a visa yet, like going to events, knocking down doors, knocking on and then knocking down doors to meet people and to get into the rooms that no one and not even myself or my parents or anyone would have ever imagined me to be in. Billionaires. I've been, when I used to work in London, I got dared by my office the last time i had colleagues to get this billionaire to go to lunch with me and they were all laughing like this is like one of the richest guys in in the uk and you know he's a hedge fund hedge fund founder and you know uh older gentleman now kind of like a radial type and i was like okay i just didn't care like i will knock on doors until they open and in the most politely persistent way and when i actually went out for like oysters and lunch with this guy People, the office was howling. They're like, "How in the hell, you little Canadian girl!" Like,
1: "Well, ask him, you, you shall receive." Know? Right? It's not. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, long.
0: and it's just persistence. And it's funny because this is such a good example. When I finally went to lunch with this guy, and I won't say who he is, but I finally went to lunch with him. And I'm sitting with him, and we're we're literally at this amazing seafood restaurant in the middle of London, and He's like, Oh, would you like to share some oysters? I'm like, Sure, that would be great. And we're sharing oysters. And he's talking about his kids. And um, yeah, he's, probably, he's about Ray Dalio's age, so quite a bit older and lots of wisdom. And I said, Well, thank you so much for having lunch with me today. You know, I, I'm sure that you get asked to lunch many, many times. And I just really appreciate, you know, after my persistence with your assistant, that you made the time to have lunch with me. And he said, To be honest, Leanna, you're the first person that's asked me to lunch in months. <laughs> I was shocked and and very, very well again, very well known man um in the investment space in the world and in, especially in London and the UK. And I was just shocked that, you know, he was like a lot of people are intimidated by me. I said, I don't know, you just seem like a really smart dad to <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> Who might cover the bill?
0: Really <laughs> wise old smart man. Yeah. And you know, it's it's just funny how when you don't put other people in terms of money on a different level than you, and you just think of them as people, and you show your genuine interest and your willingness to learn and your enthusiasm for what they're doing. People will give you their time, and that is truly the key to everything I've done in business, everyone that I know in business, every media opportunity, every everything I've ever done is not being intimidated by money, not being intimidated by what you don't know, asking as many questions as you possibly can. And, um, you know, just being humble and people will help you and they will open doors for you as well.
1: Yeah, they do. And you can tell just in your passion and and just that whole feel, just like why it helps for you to be out there and meeting the people and breaking the barriers and connecting the the relationships. Right. So um, I
0: truly love it. And, you know, a lot of people are introverted and It's hard to do that. It's hard to reach out, but it gets easier. And it's still not easy for me to pick up a phone and call some assistant of a billionaire hedge fund manager over and over and over and over again. And she's like, beat it. (laughs) And eventually, she gets tired of telling me to beat it and opens the door to the introduction to her boss. You know what I mean? And it's not easy to put yourself out there, whether it's relationships or business or whatever it is, it's not easy to allow yourself to be vulnerable to rejection. No, but it is so worth it in every area of life to do so.
1: Yeah, most definitely. And so what have so what has this year at least taught you or made you consider for Blackhawk Financial going forward? Like what adjustments might you have to make? Or are you still obviously going to pursue that once things turn back to normal? Or there's vaccines that get out and we can kind of get together again?
0: So, I mean, I've really tried to practice what I've preached for years this year Mm -hmm. and um, things like having an emergency savings account. If you're a freelancer or so, I guess the general, I'll start with the general guidelines on emergency savings and and whatnot. So Mm -hmm, most personal finance experts, you've heard this a hundred times, I'm very sure, say, you know, anywhere from three to nine months of your basic living expenses, you should have saved in cash in a high interest savings account online somewhere or wherever you get the most interest on it with cash access, um, you know, in case you have an emergency and you need it the next day type of thing. Right. And, you know, three to six months for people that have a full-time, very stable job with a retirement account through your employer and that kind of thing is fine. But if you're a freelancer or an entrepreneur, you really do need to have more cash in the bank saved because if your business needs to pivot or you need to make a big personal change in getting back into the workforce when you haven't been in it in a long time, you need more like nine months, 12 months of cash. Like, especially if you have a family and a mortgage and kids in school or daycare you're paying for stuff like that, you know, you really need to have a bigger cash reserve because it might take Mm -hmm. a while to figure out what your next move is going to be. And thank goodness I have a lot of cash stashed away because this year has been rough. Like, you know, as I just said, it's, you know, I, we moved to New York and Thought that this was going to be a big move for the business. And finally, all the business that, you know, we weren't located in New York before, so we never got the job and that kind of thing. We never got the the deal with the client thinking all that was going to come through now. And it really hasn't that much. I mean, we've had a couple of great opportunities and amazing clients, but it's not at all been what I thought it would be. And thank goodness, I've, you know, I have had to fall back on my savings at different points this year. And I am reassessing the business. I am reassessing my employment situation. Right and what I want to do going forward. And yeah, if you've been out on your own in a non-traditional sort of path to some of the roles that you might be thinking you might want to do or looking at, it's going to take some time to figure out what you want to do. And you need to have at least six months saved, especially in an environment like this. And, and, you know, this is just such an example of people would say like, okay, why, why don't I need renters insurance. Here's here's an example, completely separate of COVID or global pandemic, which obviously no one can forecast a global pandemic clearly. But, you know, just a simple example of emergency savings and ways to cover your own ass. So, I have obviously renters insurance policy on my rented apartment here in New York. And I've always had that in all my apartments. And that's because it's just something my dad taught me to do. Usually you have to have it, I think, for some apartments. It just depends who your landlord is um, or who the building is. And sometimes, yeah, they will make you sign a paper saying that you have um, renter's insurance policy. But people will say, like, okay, so why, why do I need that? Like, it's just for the contents of my apartment. I mean, you know, I don't really care about my couch or my laptop. Like, if those things get destroyed in a fire or flood, I'll just replace them. But it's so much more than that. It's liability. Like I write this in my book. I was sued for like over a million dollars in liability and my renter's insurance policy only covered like a hundred thousand of it. So and it was completely something floods and stuff that had nothing to do with me that it ended up getting pinned on me, but not, you know, accidentally, but it it actually wasn't me. My house got broken into long, long, long story. But it's Gosh. for things like that, that like literally a shot in the dark, it's like, it's, it's, you know, insurance and emergency savings accounts. These are not for things that you could have ever forecasted. Like I have, and I won't use her name. Hopefully she isn't. I'm using her as an example right now, but I have a girlfriend in New York, for example, right now, who's having like a crazy stomach problem and she has medical insurance. She pays $600 a month for it. It's a great plan. But they need; they want to do like an endoscopy, which is like putting a, a camera into your stomach and and doing this whole operation thing. It costs like six thousand dollars, and insurance doesn't cover it. But she's she's healed oh. over every day. She has to do this. That is not right. something that someone in any position, uh, c- who smart or not, intelligent or not, educated or not, could have ever forecasted. And you need the money, so. That, I mean, with my example of renter's liability, I mean, that ends up being a legal issue and then you have to pay a lawyer. Okay. Never. Yeah, that's never happened. My then, you know, a, a medical issue like that, nobody ever thinks they're going to wake up one day feeling like their stomach or their appendix is going to explode. Do you know what I mean? Right. So it's just, yeah. it's, and you know, again, for freelancers and people that have their own business, you need to have even more money in the bank as a backup because, You just never know. And that's why also a lot of people advise before you quit your job and before you like go out on your own to have a lot of cash saved up because you just don't know what's going to happen during that time when you're sort of, you know, in between that new venture being really successful and still not really having enough cash in the bank to support yourself for a long time or to support an emergency if something happened in that in between time
1: right yeah it's just a perfect showcase of preparing or failing to prepare is preparing to fail and you just never know when the unexpected will come and
0: yeah oh. no and and she's like a freelancer right. too right so that's why she has to pay six hundred dollars a month for her own medical plan like that's how much a basic plan down here right. costs right. and yeah it's just, it doesn't cover any of it so i feel so bad for her
1: hope she yeah gosh hope she gets that sorted out but yeah um... Yeah, well, I mean, you covered a lot of good things there. And so like this year, it's one of those years that, you know, makes someone that took the leap to be their own boss consider taking a job. So do you mind sharing a little bit about uh, any of that? Have you been looking? uh, And just also like, are there a lot of opportunities out there? Because I imagine a lot of people think that there might not be good ones, but this might actually be a a great time to look for a new job if you have skills.
0: Yeah I mean I think it totally depends on multiple things what industry are you in what kind of job are you looking for what level of a job are you looking for yeah. um for me I'm I'm not really looking hard like I'm not I'm not applying to jobs or anything really on LinkedIn and stuff but like that But even for
1: you to think like maybe I should get a job that's a big step right oh, yeah.
0: it's it's huge and it's not something that I'm happy about yeah. um right. and I'm a very I always try to be and say that I am the same person on any interview as I am talking to my best friend or talking to my parents. So Mm -hmm. you are, this is, I think the first interview I've actually talked about this um, because I haven't done that many interviews lately, but, (laughs) but yeah, it is not easy to as an entrepreneurial person in your personality, go from doing your own thing for seven years to consider having a job and I have to say that thank goodness I am in New York because, you know, people started approaching me when I first moved here last year and they said, oh, so are you still going to kind of do your own thing? Or, you know, I have this friend there, this fund that's looking for a head of business development or whatever. And people started kind of putting opportunities or ideas in front of me and in my head. And, you know, the financial landscape is so different in New York than it is in Vancouver for employment So there's things like that to consider, location and and everything. But I've had a lot of friends that have got great new jobs this year in finance and otherwise in lots of different areas, um, even in hospitality. So um, it's, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, when anyone's making a life change, it's an acceptance of, okay, this is where I'm at now. And this is financially, job-wise, family-wise, relationship-wise, acceptance is not defeat, mm-hmm. and you know sure. people really need to wrap their head around what's going on right now. And again, come from an attitude of gratitude. And it's a Brene Brown if you've ever heard of her. That's a. Oh, Brené I Gap read Darren greatly
1: a couple of months back. I love that book.
0: Yeah, but it's yeah, it's definitely you need to have an attitude of gratitude and accept where you are now. And acceptance is not defeat. It's not failure. It's just a change. And nothing okay. is forever. And, um, and that's, you know, that's where I'm putting it at right now. There's actually one opportunity that I told Jordan about on the phone last week, we were talking that I was really, really, really excited about. And I haven't been that excited about something in a long time and it's not going to work out location wise, but, um, and that's
1: the irony though. You can't remote work, but yeah, yeah,
0: no, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I, and I would have never forecasted that role, um, in my vision at the beginning of this year or even three months ago. And it's all right. the things that have come in front of me have been through personal introductions here in New York, but you know, something might come along and I might want to do it again and you know, we'll see. But right now I'm just, I just have to take it day by day.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's the best plan. And uh, regardless, it's just also to think that we, you know, in March when we had the first call or the first podcast, we were thinking about, you know, hopefully in a month we'll be back and, you know, hopefully, and, it just it, it feels like forever but it is important to rem- remember that it's temporary and just that attitude of gratitude has helped me a lot I'm sure it's it, it's now I want to ask you about Kathy Wood uh, do you know a lot about RK ETFs? are you aware of them
0: um I yeah I mean I basically hear them on every single podcast I listen to <laughs> throughout 2020 I think what has she gone from less than two billion at the beginning of this year to like over 300 billion in under ma- under management or a million
1: uh, Possible or I I don't know exactly, but I just I do know that they're the so like
0: three hundred percent over three hundred percent this year. Like
1: her March lows at least a hundred like yeah three hundred or four hundred percent like maybe five hundred almost at the peak. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. So I mean, she in and of herself as a woman in the industry is definitely someone to look up to. And if anyone doesn't yeah. know the ARKK or Ark, um, that's just one of them. One of the Ark ARK ETFs and Kathy Wood. Um, Kathy with a C, she is a huge mentor and a, a, wonderful person to look up to in the industry. And she's sort of known for having a, an ETF that has a massive holding in Tesla and a massive, um, not promoter, but a supporter of what Tesla has been doing in Elon Musk and
1: very forward thinker as well. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, and again, um, when Jordan and I were talking last week, we were talking about, um, some of these growth ETFs and growth themes and it was actually mentioned her her ETF was mentioned in one of my favorite ETF um, podcasts called Trillions by Eric Balchunas. He is the ETF analyst at Bloomberg. I was on his TV show a couple of years ago. He has an ETF show on Wednesdays on Bloomberg, and um, we were talking about Kathy Wood. And if anyone doesn't have that a subscription to that podcast already, you need to called trillions. check it out
1: uh, trillions count. yeah
0: with a t and so uh, last last week or beginning of this week i don't know the days all get melded t- <laughs> but it, it's called the title of the one that came up most recently is 21 etfs to watch for 2021 and they were talking about like um garp growth at a reasonable price and sort of other types of etfs that are coming out to sort of kind of compete with arc funds but different thematic and when we say thematic that kind of means like sometimes actively manage ETFs with some of these different forward thinking themes like robotics, AI, different um, healthcare technologies, um, electric tech. vehicles, batteries. Yeah. Um, one of the coolest ones I heard on there was uh, the ticker is I buy. And <laughs> it's, you know, it's only actually allocated 2% to Amazon. So it's not just some big Amazon fund. But all the other like oh is
1: that the e-commerce one? Yeah, I think yeah, I've like it's
0: a, it's an e-commerce ETF and it, you know Shopify and and um, all these different other things. So that's a really really right. cool. That's probably the best podcast episode I've listened to in the last month. Is twenty one ETFs for twenty twenty one on the Trillions podcast. So you know they talk about ARC on there and a lot of those themes. And I think that that's a really oh, cool way for people to who maybe aren't that interested in investing yet or are still kind of testing things out to get involved because you don't have to become an individual stock picker, you know, especially on some of these riskier smaller companies in these themes for the future. Um, but listen to that podcast episode and get some ideas because you can sometimes get broader exposure to a bunch of those companies within an ETF like ARK or, you know, one of the ones similar that might make more sense for you.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great point. And cause I've been, I started a YouTube channel a while back and although I'm niching into the cannabis space. I was doing uh, like just a series called ETFs Explained. And I would go through an ETF fact sheet and just like a 10-minute video explaining what it all means for people to read. And it's like the the whole concept of having them there, though, is I'd say to anyone, like if you watch five of these videos, you're going to like know that much more uh, or have a better understanding of what you're reading than when you started, right? And it's just practice. It's understanding what you're investing in. Um, And a lot of people never really get to understand what they invest in, right? So it's like if you can look and see like, oh, wow, I'm investing in, you know, new robotics technology or this, you know, it makes you feel a lot better about where you're putting your money because it's at least going to changing the status quo for, for the better in some ways.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Big time. And, um, so what type of an investor are you mainly, Leanne? Are you a hundred percent ETFs or like with your finance background, do you pick any individual stocks?
0: I do. Um, I am, you know, I could probably look at my allocation on my E-Trade right now. Um, <laughs> Uh, because I'm on my computer. And it's always open right in front of me as a typical investing enthusiast that I am. Um, I'm about 50-50 right now between ETFs and individual stocks and just a tiny little bit in ADRs. If anyone doesn't know what that means, um, it's an American depository receipt. So ADR is an international company, like the example of one in my portfolio for years um which i'm not happy or unhappy with it's just sort of there <laughs> just that. um is teva pharmaceuticals and the ticker is TEVA and it's a british a uk based pharmaceutical company and um i i hold that but it's basically just trades like a stock but that's technically like when you actually look at your complete view of your portfolio and it breaks down as a little pie chart for you you might see, and some things like, I also actually still have a historical holding at a big loss right now, hoping that maybe one day it'll it'll go back because <laughs> it's, you know, I feel like it's at one of those places now where it's not even worth for me to sell it. But Luckin Coffee, if you remember that story from earlier this year, Luckin Coffee in China.
1: Oh, yeah, I did actually. I heard about that short report.
0: Yeah, so they're still, they're still listed and they trade like an ADR as well, like an American um, international company. Yeah, that's on the U.S. market. So they're just held to a little bit of different standards than, you know, being on Mm -hmm. one of the major exchanges. But those are two international individual stocks that I I still own. Um, But, yeah, otherwise, I I love ETFs. I think ETFs just make my life personally easier. Yeah,
1: they do. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and, you know, when you listen to something like that 21 podcast, 21 um, ETFs for 2021 – you really think about the opportunities in all of these different forward thinking industries um, that you want to have exposure to, especially as millennials. Like it's really cool to, in our lifetime, like these are the themes of our lifetime, us yeah. as adults in the workforce, by the time we're the baby boomers age, we will be the people that have seen those technological changes and those healthcare changes and the robotics and the cloud and the, the e-commerce and the everything. Like we are the ones that are going to see those changes and be using those changes make in our it lifetime. It. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I would love to make 500% or 1200% on one of those, but I don't necessarily have the knowledge in each of those different areas or the time, or to be quite honest, maybe I do have the time, but I just don't want to do the research. I'm too lazy. <laughs> I shouldn't say too lazy. <laughs> Sometimes I'm too lazy. To do all the work that I I personally think that it takes to individually stock pick. And that's when 2020 gets a little a little shifty as well with the people that had never bought a stock before March. And now they're, they're by the end of the year, through TikTok and Instagram, they think they're individual stock pickers. And that's a whole other story. But I'm not that person. I don't even say I'm a great individual stock picker.
1: I don't know. No, exactly. And like, I only like to stick to what I know. And for individual stocks, that's cannabis. And I mean, I guess I'm just fortunate with the momentum I think that we're seeing uh, around the world in that area. But besides that, I I really won't touch anything besides an ETF because I just don't know. And, you know, at least being able to pick individually yourself. uh, And I mean, even for yourself, picking ETFs and whatnot, it just helps. Um, Because yeah, like you said, we're going to be living through this transition going forward. And That's why I want to tell people is like, even if you can start to invest, teach yourself how to invest, you'll be the first person in your family. And that's probably the most revolutionary act you can do because you're changing the trajectory of your life. If you invest, if you don't, you're not. And you can put your money in things that are going to change the status quo for the better. And I just think that's fundamentally the best way you can kind of fight back against the system, you know?
0: Absolutely. I completely agree.
1: Yeah, so here let's jump into some of the uh, the giving aspects because tis the season. Um, so so far though, yeah, what are you most grateful for this year? I mean, being money conscious, I think
0: that's a big thing. I mean, yeah, I think I I I don't even know where I would be. I don't think I I don't think I would be. I definitely wouldn't be living in Manhattan. But um, no, <laughs> I don't know where. I, obviously, if I didn't have money saved for the rainy days, I would not be living. By myself, I'd be living with my parents, or I don't know. I'm back in Canada. Life but, would just
1: be very different, essentially, right? So yeah,
0: I mean, you know, so obviously, just so 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 grateful that I have resources to live and keep pushing forward on hard times. But
1: good for you, yeah,
0: um, yeah. So that I would say is number one, and you know, I allocate a lot of my time because because this has thrown such a shift into everybody's structure of their weeks and their days. I have really tried to do things in terms of giving to create structure in my life. So back in in my new life, my twenty twenty life. So I love that. I've, yeah. So, you know, having things to look forward to and having structure around your days. So I've really implemented um, some strong morning and evening routines like journaling. And I have two morning meditation books I read every day while I have my coffee and listen to um, meditation music. And in the evenings, I do you know a similar type of thing. I have my essential oil. I have my skincare routine. I have the music of meditation. And, and then I fall asleep to ocean sounds. So these are just things I've implemented <laughs> since March. Um, and that's with my own personal mental health. And on, I think it was back in the spring as well, the, one of the churches close to me here on fifth Avenue, one of the big old, you know, New York churches, I always saw this sign outside that said, um, meals on wheels. And then I noticed walking past it on fifth in April or May that it changed the sign changed to meals on heels. And I was like, Hmm. Oh, I guess, I guess, you know, people aren't taking the subway anymore or whatever they're, they're delivering meals on their heels. They're walking. And, and it was like, email us at whatever. And I was just like, oh, I would love to do that. Because I've, I've always been volunteering and stuff in Vancouver. And I think giving your time is such a great way to have connection with other people. Um, it it yeah. lasts longer than just giving money, I think, is when you actually talk to the people you're helping and you get involved with other volunteers and why they're doing it. And, you know, is this close to their heart and that type of thing. So I started every Saturday spending a few like three or four hours every Saturday doing meal deliveries to people that are homebound throughout COVID, and Amazing. again, it's just like a change of perspective. It's part of gratitude. It's part of connecting with your community, giving back to your community. And I would be—I'm still doing it. I do it tomorrow, delivering meals to mostly elderly people that are in their apartments here in New York City that they haven't left their apartment since March. Can you? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine again? So everything in life is about perspective. Everything is about gratitude. And I I challenge everyone when you are having a down day, like, you know, even this conversation is helping me right now because I am very honestly having a a really, really rough week and a rough day, some terrible news, personal news last night. And I'm
1: happy that we can round it off in a good way. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, Mm -hmm.
0: I, I, that's why I love these conversations because perspective is everything and even just talking to you about this, thinking about how tomorrow morning I go and, and from six feet away, drop off the meals in a bag with gloves on, knock on their door, walk away from the door and say hi to them, ask them how their day is. And just think in my own head, these people have no family. They have not left their house since March or most of them have no family, which is why they're getting meal deliveries from the church. Um, because they don't have a lot of cooking skills and they're elderly and, you know, they're too medically sensitive to leave their apartment. So that's usually why they're getting it. And, you know, putting life in perspective, the people that I post on my social media, Instagram stories that, you know, the grandma has taken care of three grandkids because the parents are in their own situation and she's working at the school cafeteria to make ends meet just so she can feed these grandkids because she's now their guardian and xyz you know what i mean there's so many stories where i read it and like i get emotional thinking about it because there's so many people that are hurting and they're hurting so much more than me and in different ways but oh i just like you know it really i really am a sensitive person to those things and i just i just have to always put life in perspective and that's why I, I don't care how much money I'm making or not making at any point in time. I will always give my time and my money and my savings because I know that I'm in a better position than, I don't know, 90 something percent of the world.
1: Yeah. And being grateful helps helps you do that regardless. And like just giving back, you know, whether you can't give money, your time is, is better than anything else. And and all they're seeing is you, the hero, delivering their food and what they need. And um, no, it's so true. It's it's very important. And, you know, as much as anyone in the personal finance space or entrepreneur or you know unfortunately the culture has been a bit too money focused and it um you know you really see who um who the heroes are in these sort of difficult times just by showing up for others who need it most you know
0: yeah and you just putting it in perspective being grateful and doing anything you can like i to be quite honest i have seen a lot of amazing um acts of giving This year which has been so wonderful it's been a wake-up call for a
1: lot of people can you share what your what your friend was doing through instagram as well for for moms
0: yeah yeah so that's uh, you know and everyone please she's still posting them at sarah foster sarah foster Foster. s-a-r-a-f-o-s-t-e-r she's a actress in hollywood she's david foster's daughter but she's you know i she's first of all she's hilarious she's a comedian and she has her own show she's very very funny um, but she's nice. doing this for some reason people just started sending her these stories and then she started asking for them and her Instagram stories has become a hub for swipe ups to Amazon wish lists and Venmo or PayPal for these families sending in stories of people that are in need and I've been up there you know buying the buying the the warm clothing and the gloves and the toys for the kids that won't have Christmas this year and all these different you know wish lists that some people are you know a lot of people are sending in stories and wish lists. On behalf of someone they know that's in trouble, because whether it's financial trouble and you're amassed with credit card debt and student loan debt, and you are feeling mentally bogged down by that, or whether you just can't, literally, you're struggling to put food on the table for your kids and your family, or just for yourself, you got evicted because you can't pay rent. When you are in any of those positions, it is very challenging to ask for help. It's, you know, even like I said, with my own, my own business this year, it's a challenge because sometimes in your head, you're, you almost feel like you're admitting defeat, but you're really not allowing yourself to be vulnerable and allowing other people to help you, whether it's through financial education, so you can learn how to do better or through, you know, just needing some support in a hard time, whether it's, you know, food from the food bank or extra childcare help. You know, it's great for people on both ends of the side of giving Mm -hmm. to look in your community for opportunities to volunteer your time, your money, or to get get resources for your family, like different food banks or pop-ups that are happening right now to help people that are in need. Because, A lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people have completely lost their income and they didn't have the fallback that I did. And they didn't have the education to know to even do that, that I did. And it's those. I I
1: love the creativity too, though. Just like how all you might need to use is a social media profile and, you know, a payment tool, things like that. Exactly. It it doesn't take a whole lot. Yeah. So
0: yeah, Sarah has been great about posting all of those things and she's been crying on her Instagram story. I've been crying on my Instagram story it's a sensitive time for a lot of people it's a challenging time for a lot of people and you know even in your community if there's a you know a church a lot of churches do soup kitchens and food bank type stuff or salvation army organizations right. like look up these organizations in your community and just google where you can go volunteer for a few hours because it really does mean so much to a lot of people
1: yeah and if you might not be able to see your family or your relatives but you you know you might be able to see someone else and they again as social beings it's just that interaction that 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 really helps us it does go a long way so um
0: yeah. i mean i haven't seen my family in a year and a half right. so i'm happy to oh, I hope you can visit and me. deliver food to elderly people who have no one because good in some ways we're kind of in the same boat but i still consider myself very grateful for the boat that i'm in
1: yeah well it is Leanne, and it's great that you show that attitude and you, you be an example of that because it does it does rub off on other people and Do you, are you still working with uh, the We Charity or at least any purchases of your book still go to the We Foundation, right? Or the We Charity?
0: Yep. Yep. All the proceeds of Young Fun and Financially Free, which is my book. It's on Amazon or 40,000 bookstores. You can find it anywhere. All the proceeds of that still go to the We Foundation for people. And it's actually really ties into what we were just talking about. There's five pillars of that organization and they build villages in third world countries, mostly in Kenya. And the fifth one, sort of the last thing that they need to do when they build villages and support developing countries is its opportunities, the opportunities pillar. So they need to make sure that the people, once they build water and education systems and everything for them, that they can be economically sustainable and they have income opportunities. So they teach them skills like animal husbandry and jewelry making and all these different things to be able to support themselves. And so the money from the book goes to that because of the tie-in to financial literacy, opportunity, and gratitude. And that if you are living in a Western civilized country, in Canada, the U.S., or anywhere else pretty much that speaks English as a native language, um, or many other languages in Europe and stuff as well, Yeah. you have the opportunity to get out of whatever financial situation you're in. You have so many more opportunities than hundreds of millions of people around the world millions. living in poverty. Yeah. That yeah, that will probably that will probably never be able to change their life circumstance and where they were born and what they live with financially and disease and you know, all these other issues around the world. You have so many more opportunities than all of those people and it should not be taken for granted reach out for help reach out for education yeah and knock on those doors until they open because they will if you are persistent
1: yeah you're so right liana perspective because it's true if you're if you're making thirty thousand dollars a year if you're from if you live in north america it might not be a lot but you're still within the top like five ten percent in the world so it's it's all about that perspective and i know you do got to go liana so uh, quickly where can people find more about you online
0: so um instagram is sort of where i live at liana l-e-a-n-n-a underscore h-a-w-k hawk like black hawk financial and my last name hawkins and um yeah so usually on instagram and you can find my book on amazon all the proceeds go to charity so i would love if people would buy and review that book there and yeah that's me dm me email me if you have any questions i'm always open to to chat and help people out
1: absolutely reach out folks don't be shy and if you want to get your financials in order that book is perfect read for you thanks again for coming on the end it's been a pleasure thanks for having me jordan and that is it for episode 70 everybody i want to thank you so much for tuning in and seriously for all of you that listen thank you so much i want to wish you all a merry christmas and happy new year's happy holidays and just sending my best wishes so that we can round this year off and start 2021 on the right foot and one way that I'm giving back is through my Instagram account at Capital. If you want to go follow, or follow, like, and comment on the recent post about the giveaway, That will enter you, and I'm giving away two prizes of $100. And I'll be announcing the winners on Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on December 27th. So that's one way I'm giving back, and if you want some cash, you can enter, and and maybe you'll just win. So uh, that being said, you can find this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and at anchor.fm slash Highly Invested. And if you got any value out of this episode, please, please share it with any friends or if you you know been listening for a while please go leave a review or a rating it really helps my podcast get seen on other platforms and I do appreciate it I want to know who's listening so this is your host Jordan highly signing off everybody stay highly invested in yourselves till next time